Hey guys, David Niles here with Adam Minahan from the Catholic Man Show. We're going to get to the episode in just a second, but before we do, I want to share a couple things that we have going on here at the Catholic Man Show with you. I want to share them with you uh, because um, they're exciting, and I want to tell you how you can get them either for free or at cost, okay? So um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. Uh, he, he goes by the name of St. Maximilian Colby. Okay, he's kind of a big deal, kind of mm. Mr. Big Deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, his feast day is coming up, and we just launched a new shirt, a Maximilian Colby shirt. Uh, I have a daughter whose middle name is Colby. Okay, Ooh, that's true, yes. Yeah, so he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so go to thecatholicmanshow.com. You can check it out. Anybody can get it there. However, if you're a Patreon member... You can get it at cost. Yeah, and what and the design is one of a kind. It's super cool. We it had does not it, exist otherwhere. Yeah, we had we have it. We had a guy design it. The beard has both the the crowns that he accepted from Mary right. when he was a young kid. It's a, it's a sweet shirt. It's, it's very very incredible. Um, so if you want to get it at cost and you've been like, oh, you know, Patreon Council of Man sounds awesome. Do it. Okay, you can get it at cost. Uh, the a couple other things that we have that we're offering to our Patreon members is. Uh, the Minahan family and the Niles family, and I include the family because it's um, Adam and I, in conjunction with our wives, have been writing a series for the uh, local magazine, the Eastern Oklahoma Catholic Magazine, on the domestic church, and we make sure to share all those ep- all those articles with our Patreon members. Um, it's, all- a, it's a ten part series. Ten part series, and we're on number seven. We just released number seven, right? And it's with, we, as you said, it's with our wives, so you know it's good, right? You know it's going to be a good series because mm-hmm. our wives are involved. Right. It's not just a bunch of sarcastic stuff. Right. Because of the women. Right. Right. Okay. Naturally. Uh, another thing coming up is our camp out. Big deal. The camp out is always awesome. It's in September this year. It's not in October. Right. The weather has been destroying us in October. So we're like, all right, Lord, we get <laughs> Fine, it. You, we'll don't, go. you don't want us to have the camp out in October. So we're moving it to September 17th. Through the twentieth, the twentieth, um, so Clear Creek Abbey at the Abbey, Clear Creek. If you've never been there, then you just don't even realize what you're missing. Come to our camp out. As always, Patreon members get to sign up first. We only have limited numbers, limited spots available. Correct. And so, um, if you want to make sure that you can get to come to the camp out, you got to be a Patreon member, and you get to go for free. You don't have to That's pay. Right. It's you get to go for free. Patreon members pay nothing. And if you are not a Patreon member, it only costs you forty bucks for the whole weekend. And Juan cooks the whole weekend. Right. So it's well worth the money. That is absolutely true. Um, finally, the the last thing that we want to talk to you about today, and that we're going to preview at the end of the episode. So make sure that you stick around after the episode is done because we're going to give you a sneak peek of some of the professional audio recordings that we have uh, commissioned for our Patreon members. Right, a little a little glimpse, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. And it's of St. Thomas Aquinas. He wrote, an, he wrote a, a, letter. a letter. A letter. Yeah, on kingship to a king. King of France? King of France, yeah. He's like, he, he, he said like, I don't really know. Was it his birthday or something? I, he, was, he was trying to come up with what, what gift do you give a king? And he's like, I don't know, but basically my wisdom is the, gra- is the greatest gift I could give. I mean... That's probably not exactly what he thought, but it seems like that's what the he... The first paragraph, he kind of... We're basically summing up the first paragraph. Yeah, yeah. let me sum up. So, anyway, we're going to give you a sneak peek of that, because I, I absolutely love it. It's an opportunity to be able to take the treasures that the church has given us yeah. and be able to listen to it in a very high-quality audio And, and so, we've been um, audio-booking? We've been audio-fying? Audiofy something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, many of the church's great encyclicals, and we continue to you know have these done on a regular basis. Once a month, we release it to the Patreon members. Right, exactly. And it's only for them. Right. You can't get it anywhere else. you got to be a Patreon member. And there's all different levels of Patreon. You don't got to be rich to support us on Patreon. No. So um, please go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show, mm-hmm. and you know just check it out. And uh, we would love to have you support our show. So that we can continue to to do good things for the men of this world. That that I think we should just get to the episode. Yeah, let's just go uh, now. Yes. Okay. Enjoy. Today, I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon. 
If we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of the man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio with David, the David Niles, Don David. Present. 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 Knew you were going to say that. It's good to have you back. It's good Thank to be you. back. It's good to be back, yeah. It feels good to be back in the studio. It does. We, have, we took a little hiatus. We recorded several in a row, and then we took like two weeks off. Yeah. I mean, we and, had stuff in the can. Right, We, which is very abnormal for us. The way to go. Um, it's the way to go. So it's, it's really nice. you can do it, if you can pull it off. Right. It's really nice to be back. Hanging yeah. out with you. This is like the uh, the first time that I've actually seen you. And I brought the Michigan weather back with us. I don't know if you realize it that. It was beautiful today. The last today. two days yeah. have just been amazing. Pretty yeah. prime. But this is my like first time to see you since the big like I know. For two weeks. So we have the, uh, life has been good though. We have a ton of <laughs> life has been good without yeah. you. Yeah. I'm really glad that I meant I meant that like in spite of <laughs> in spite of everything, life has been good. <laughs> good. Uh, we have Juan on the, on the buttons this evening. Thank you, Juan, for all of your help. We have Jim. Don Juan. Uh, hanging out with us this evening as well, man. Who's, we we have a, so much. Who's Jim? Jim, Mr. Jim Spencer. Oh, oh, the Spencer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We need to get a Spencer cam. <laughs> that would be awesome. Mm. We could put it like up We're there in the in, in the in the corner where the it's facing is, Jim, this way. The thing is, we, we have never, we, we have never tell you. Yeah, we'll just do it. Secret. Uh, I'm so excited about. That would be so funny. It would be funny. And like. The thing is, he he watches the live stream over there, so he would know Eventually. within about ten to ten to fifteen seconds because there's a delay. But he would know. Mm-hmm. We could get about fifteen seconds of solid of, Jim Spencer content. Yeah, before he was before aware. the gig was up. Yeah, I do want to say that we've got quite a few listeners, and we've had some messages. By the way, if you sent us an email over the last two weeks, we are way behind on emails. We will hopefully get to it soon. I'm like three years behind on my email. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we have got some messages, uh, people saying like, "Hey, just get to the uh, get to the topic and listen." That's not what we do on the show. If you're a new listener, right? Uh, Look, if you don't like it, go go start your own show. Okay, <laughs> this is our show. <laughs> uh, we the first thing we do is we open review and enjoy a beverage, right? And, and hang we're out. not we're not giving it we're up. We're not giving that part up. So stop it. Uh, the second thing we do is we normally highlight a man gear of some type. Tonight we're not highlighting a gear, but we're you know, uh, it's more like 50-50 these days on the man gear. It is, yes. And then the last thing we do is have a topic. So if you don't, if you're a topic only guy, you can cut halfway through the episode. Right. And the show goes in segments of twelve minutes. Okay. Right. That's what we. That's. that's what, this is a four-year tradition, and we're not changing it. No. So uh, this evening we're having uh, some Glen Scotia, Victorian. It it is uh, a single malt and Scotch it's whiskey, exceptionally rare. And it's from it it's even from says so uh, in the bottle. Campbelltown. Which is the smallest whiskey-producing region in Scotland. Campbelltown? That Campbelltown. does not even sound like a town in Scotland. Yep. There's only three distilleries in there. There. Um, and no, if you said it was Campbelltown, that maybe I could go with, but Campbelltown? Sorry. Campbelltown. Do they make soup? Campbell soup. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so it's a, it's a small region. Only three distilleries are producing whiskey currently. At, at the peak, they had thirty. Okay, so if my hand is Scotland, it's in the far, the the, the bottom, very bottom of Scotland. It's in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's try it. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So again, this is Glen Scotia Victorian, Victor, Victorian, 
Victorina. Butterscotch in the nose. Mm. There is butterscotch That's in the nose. Oh, nice let me give you the, the official tasting notes. Uh, the official. You always you always act surprised like, hey, actually you're right. There is that. Well, most of the time you're not. I, I most of the time you're I not know. right. Well, when I said that, I already knew you were going to be impressed. And so, and then you did it. You did exactly like, what I thought you would. Just, like, yes. <laughs> I got him. I uh, got one. So on the nose, it says... Uh, an elegant nose with hints of oak driving uh, driving the bouquet. Interesting interesting cream brulee notes leading to a generous caramelized fruits and finally polished oak hmm. on the notes uh, on the nose. On the palate, sweet sweet and concentrated start with some jammy black currant fruitiness. A a big mid palate, typically tightening towards the back palate, becomes more austere with water, which we have not added. The finish is clean, initially sweet. The green bean with coca uh, characteristic. Green bean. Green bean. I have never, ever encountered green, green bean, bean in the tasting notes of a whiskey. Me either. One green bean. I do get... It's not, it's not green beans. It's just... It's the singular. Green. It's in the singular, which I think is interesting. I do catch mm. the, the yes. caramelized... Little green bean. The, like the cream brulee, the caramelized sugar. Yeah. On the on the nose, I think that's probably your, the butterscotch that you're catching. It doesn't taste like what I thought. The taste and the smell are kind of different from each other. Mm-hmm. I like the taste. Wow, that is a but it, weird. It wow, that smells is really sweet. Day. And then it doesn't taste. It. You, I was ready wow. for like you know some. That was interesting. That was probably that's probably the most interesting. Uh, difference in nose and palate that I think I've, I've ever encountered. Yeah. Uh, it is super fruity, jammy uh, on the on the palate, but you do not you do not taste that on the nose. On the no- you do yeah. not smell that on the nose. Like it smells very like green apple, or it. Ta- I'm sorry, it tastes very green apple, um, green bean. There, there's melon, green bean. It's very weird. Juan, do you think that it's very interesting? Or is it? I didn't expect to have such a long finish for how sweet it's. It is a very long finish. Like it's still. He hanging, said that it's a long still finish. Still hanging yeah. in there with me. Yeah, I, I. That is a very interesting. So I really like this. I like it. I like the idea. How much was it? Oh, I think it was probably about sixty-five dollars. Not bad. I, I like this bottle because it's one that you can pull out with a group of buddies. You know, you have five buddies that you want to pull out. You want to kind of this out with five buddies yeah, or three buddies. You know, if you're not as generous and you like want to. Uh, impress or you want to say yeah. like here's something i know that you probably haven't tried this you know, glenn scotia the, is this is the kind of bottle you get out like if your potential hopeful father-in-law comes over and you want to impress impress him, him. man that is very interesting glenn scotia show, it, show. oh yeah i'll, I'll show, show the bottle here it is very it good is you a, didn't i thought you were, i knew you were gonna hold it out and you i didn't, didn't. Do it. I, Adam, i'm learning he can be taught i can be is very interesting. A very interesting. I want to look at it. Would you um, look at it? Um, bottle. Now, if you're thinking like, why are you drinking on this? Show? You're a new listener. You're thinking, why are you drinking on this show? Google Catholic Answers focused Catholic Man Show. We did a whole episode on why Catholics can drink, and that way you can go to that, and uh, we don't have to rehash that every time. Ooh, it's uh, 93 proof. 93 proof. 51 and a half Half. percent nice but the uh the quick version is that god made the things of this earth good and they should be enjoyed for their goodness we always drink in moderation and so that's why we're drinking on the show Mm -hmm. and we like it we've had some really good episodes uh, recently in the past i really enjoyed the theology of the face with father jim cosgrove yeah uh and such a weird like it's a weird thing to talk it's kind of a weird topic but it was really good. It was a good topic. Uh, and then we had uh, the the dignity and vocation of women with mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Christine Myers, which yep. is a lot of fun. She's just she's incredible. She was yeah she was phenomenal on the show. So anyway, that was very good. Oh hey, here's something else we got to talk about: the campout. Yes. We uh, I've been I've been teasing this out all day today that we're gonna announce the the dates to the campout because no one knows yet. Right. Because I, I haven't I haven't like updated our website yet, which I will update tonight. Or tomorrow morning, and so you'll be able to sign up tomorrow if you want to go. Correct. Um, you want to you want to be the guy to tell the dates? I don't remember them. <laughs> September seventeenth is yes. That it? Yeah, you you nailed it. September seventh. I am on fire tonight. Yes. Are you? I mean, like, are you kidding me? Are you me? kidding me? 
Man! Uh, September 17th through the 20th. Now, it's at Clear Creek uh, Abbey. I'm going to go play the lottery uh, after if, this. If you haven't, this is our fourth annual uh, camp out. Yeah. Why don't you give them a little bit of a... Social distancing before it was cool, okay? Right. Like, our, our we make sure the tents are six feet apart. And if you're if you're Scott Bassett, you're a lot further. Oh, you're so far, so far away. So far. Because you, you snore. We're uh, glad you're there, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of our best friends, so it's it's okay. We can we can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we what we do is we we have about forty guys that come out. If um, I think that's gonna be our limit this year, we'll see how that goes. But we they travel from all over the the U.S. and yeah. and Canada, and we go to Clear Creek Monastery, which is by Tulsa. If you're flying in, we will provide the camping gear for you uh, or whatever you need what to you, make sure yeah, whatever you need. Um, to, you can get there. If having camping gear is an issue, we will make sure that it's will, taken care of. We'll, you know what? We'll solve it. Yeah. Um, if you're a Council of Man member or if you support us on Patreon, it's free. You it's free for you to get, you just to, you get to come. Just and sign up. We Juan do, we cooks do, for us all weekend. We need Vincent, you to sign up. Uh, Vinny and Juan cook for us all week and weekend, and we get to hang out with a bunch of guys. Eat with the monks. Eat with the monks. Pray with the monks. Liturgy, hour, liturgy of the hours. Camp out, fire, pig roasting, all kinds of stuff. Also, yeah. So if you go to thecatholicmanshow.com, we will have uh, signups for that. If you are not a, a Patreon member, you can go to patreon.com/slash/thecatholicmanshow uh, and become a become a member. Get to go for and free. You should, you should do that. Be a lot of fun. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Just now over the break, I was asking, why do we say here, here after a toast? One of our listeners, Joshua Thaler, just informed me it's here, here, H-E-A-R, like listening, like you can hear it, mm-hmm. instead of H-E-R-E. Like we are here. Like, yes, I did not. Allow me to air my ignorance. I did not know that. So you're saying hear, hear. Like I listen, hear. Listen. I hear. Yeah. It's like you heard. Right. I heard that. That's essentially like, what you're saying. Amen. Amen. I say to you. Yes. Lend me your ears. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Anyway. So tonight. What are we talking about that? Because you said we're not doing a man gear today. We're not doing a man gear today. I. So tonight we're going to talk about evangelization. But we're gonna do the long, the long scenic route uh, oh, okay. to evangelization. Usually, usually, evangelization is so short, right? Yeah, especially with the new evangelization, right? Usually, it just takes a couple minutes, and then they're there, and then they're baptized and in the church, right? So it's not gonna be a man gear today. What we're gonna talk about instead is like I'm um, like a challenge instead. Okay. okay. So recently, at our parish that has over 1,800 families, we had four, I believe, people come into the church. Uh, you know, they were baptized uh, or received into the church. Yeah, big parish. Big parish. And, and, you know, that's unusual, though. To be fair, that's a little unusual. Absolutely. usually we have a large, pretty large group. Yeah. Uh, but I left Ma- a Holy Mass with my family, and I looked over at Haley and go, we're not doing anything. You know, we're not, we're not evangelizing at all, especially in our local area. Right. That it is completely unacceptable that there's 1,800 families that go to a parish and we can't get more than four people to join the church. For it. Yeah. And so I started thinking about, like, well, what are we doing wrong? Like, how, like, what are we doing and how do we fix this? And not that I obviously have the answers, but Tell us, Adam, I'm just trying to figure out, like, we know you have the answers. I don't, but I'm, don't I, I was frustrated with it. I was frustrated with this idea that, and then I started looking at, like, well, how do I, like, what do I do? And I was thinking, like, well, I have not invited anybody in the last like six months. I've not invited anybody to come to church with me. Right. And I was like, dang it, okay. Um, in the last like couple months, I haven't like made it a very big deal around my office. You know that I'm Catholic. You know, or saying something about our feast day, or like I went to Holy Mass this Sunday, or I didn't say anything about you know being a son of God. 
you know? And so then I was like, okay, well, but yeah, that's sometimes weird. Sometimes it is. It's sometimes weird. Evangelization can be weird sometimes, especially if you don't have a relation, like a true relationship with Christ. So then I started thinking about, well, how does that, what does that look like? Because there's some guys that like you're friends with and you can just tell like we, like Robert Dalton, our buddy, Robert Dalton, this guy will walk into the room and you're, and you realize he is, uh, he is an awesome dude. He is an awesome Catholic man. He's got like that perma like smile, just the uber joy, the the joy, the peace, the understanding of Christ, you know, and like he just radiates Christianity. Like, you know, you just know this man has figured it out. Yeah. Like father Jim Cosgrove, when we had him over, he was another example. Like he was not a weird evangelist, like evangelizing. Like he was not trying to evangelize in a, Sometimes I think whenever we get we, we become Catholic, we get super excited, we get energetic. It's like we get. Remember, like whenever we first when we, when you and I were coming back to the yeah. faith, we were listening to Catholic answers all the time. We were like learning apologetics, and we were just like all in. Let me beat you over the head with what I know. Right, and it's like because listen, I like it. Like I know stuff, and I want you to. I want you to know this. You need to know it. And if you only knew this, you it would fix everything. Right. Yeah. Because like I know it now. I'm gonna fix. And you. it changed me. Hang on one second. I'm gonna fix you. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I was, I was I was thinking about this, and I was just like, there are some guys out there, and I'm not putting down any type of evangelization, right? Uh, because I think that the Lord can work with anything, right? Um, and I, I I urge you. In fact, that's that's the challenge today is is to when we say like love your neighbor, like what if we actually loved our actual neighbors, like the people that live right like right next, next to you, next door to you. Um, you know, I have... Do you think that's what he meant? No. No, no way. No way, bro. Uh, but, like, I started thinking about this, and I was like, man, what if we just try... Like, I had a little a little boy. We were at the park right outside of our neighborhood. Yeah. And I had a probably seven or eight-year-old boy come up to me and said, what church do you go to? Would you like to come to my church? I go to uh, par- uh, Cedar Ridge Park Baptist Church. And I thought... Wow. Dang it. That is impressive. Like, it wasn't weird. It was, like, very... He was a little kid, but he yeah. just nailed it. And I thought, man, I I don't do that. Inviting people to Mass is, like, something I think a lot of Catholics are afraid to do or don't, or don't think that, like, they should do. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with doing it. I think a lot of Catholics think, if I invite you to Mass, you won't get it. You mm-hmm. won't have... You'll have no idea what's going on, and it, it'll just be weird. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. In fact, it is kind of weird for them. But I've heard just from experience, like from people's testimony, who were invited to Mass and they said, like, it was weird, but kind of in a, whoa, what is this? Like, when I go to service on Sunday, you know, that, right. you know, or whatever it is that you call it, like, it's not this. This is different. Right. The reverence is, is clear, hopefully. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, I just want to—I want to challenge one. I want to challenge men to to be become more active in their local parish, and to to try their best this week to come up with. There's one guy that you probably know that's either in your office, next to you in your cubicle, the the, the guy next door that you say hi to every time you're mowing your your yard. There's there's a guy that you you've been in touch with that he knows you, you know him, and you haven't really brought up faith at all. Right. And uh, I challenge you to do it. I challenge you to either invite him to to Holy Mass or maybe the men's group. Like the men's group, I think, or Knights of Columbus grouping or something like that, I think yeah. is a prime uh, there's opportunity. Probably, there's probably beer there. I mean, it's going to be like a normal I actually, environment. So I actually had the opportunity to, to do this last week with it. With I had, believe it or not, I had a customer that was willing to come, willing to let me see him. Uh, really? Face to face, which was cool. And we had lunch and... He was talking, he goes, you know, he goes, you know, no one talks about faith anymore. Like, he said that out of the blue. I'll talk, and I was like, right now. Buddy, how long do you have for lunch? Right, because I have nothing I have My calendar is open. It's crushingly empty. I I have things next Tuesday, and that's it, you know, like. And that's an appointment with my coworker. Right. And I started thinking, and I I told him, like, we had this awesome long conversation, and then I pulled out the the quote from G.K. Chesterton that said, you know, no one wants to talk about politics or religion but those are really the only two important things that we should talk right, about the only things that are worth talking about right anyway we had a great conversation uh and i invited him to come to uh, saint benedict's to check it out he goes to 
he goes to Asbury Methodist. Nice. Anyway, so well but the only reason why though is because the, this guy brought up brought it up first. Like I wasn't courageous enough to bring it up about who I am. This is part of who I am. I'm, I'm you know a son of God, and we are baptized, you know, and called to evangelize across the whole world. Yeah, and I rarely do it. So one of the best compliments I've ever received was from a coworker of mine. Um, he and I were just kind of getting to know each other, and he he knew I was Catholic. And then at one point he said, "So you're like, you're like actually Catholic." And I I think I said like, y- "You could say I'm super Catholic. I'm very Catholic. Mm-hmm. I'm very much about being Catholic." And he and then he said, "But you're also very normal." And I was like, "Thank you, bro. Thank you. Yes." Like it, it really was. I took it as a very deep compliment because he was like, "Wow, I thought religious people were like weirdos, weirdos, right? Yeah, like carrying, like wearing a bunch of chains and stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." As I hold my scapular ching, ching, and yeah, ching, ching. <laughs> but so, so, and that's exactly what I want to talk about tonight. Is like you know, there's a lot of people who, who think it's weird, and it's because that people don't have a relationship with Jesus themselves before they try to share this relationship because once you have an encounter with jesus once you realize that jesus christ is the is your lord that he's the creator and you're the created and that he reigns over everything that you have and who you are then it becomes part of you to where you don't actually have to put in a whole lot of effort right that's what i was going to say is that if you really immerse yourself in the faith and you live the faith so that every day you are immersing yourself in the faith you know, mm-hmm. it, like, what's the feast day today? Right. Uh, if like, you're living liturgically. Like, uh, the colors that you wear, even, like, that day, are you wearing, is it, you know, is, is it mm-hmm. a, the feast day of a martyr? Wear red. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if is it a solemnity? Wear white. I mean, like, uh, just do, Be little things. Do little, like, have the stuff, the smells and bells of your life match up with the smells and bells that are going on in Mass. And if you just live a catholic life then you will have a way of making your conversations catholic even when you're talking about your favorite nfl team it's still kind of the faith kind of just and, it and radiates it does, and it, it that way it's not forced it just kind of happens right. and it's not weird anymore it's just right. like oh well you know the saints they're my favorite because i'm gonna be one right not so sure about you but that's what i'm that's what i'm going that's for. what i'm hoping for yes so uh, so I've been reading a lot of Joseph Pieper recently. I've been just the Peepster, the Peepster. I've been crushing, going through a just, lot I've of been his. Crushing I've been it. crushing it. I've been crushing uh, Peepster material. Literally putting the books in a vice and yeah. just crushing them. And so he talks a lot about he talks about uh, uh, leisure, which we've done a whole show on. But and I'll, I'll link that in our show notes. But so. I kind of like pulled a lot of things that he's talked about into this episode tonight. Uh, but so. In order to evangelize where it's not weird, and we'll pick this up on the other side of the break, but to have this relationship with Jesus, in order to have this, this is a great formula to, to, to make it... So you do have the answers. Earlier you said you I didn't don't. have the answers. Joseph Pieper. I knew you did. So he he says, leisure to contemplation, Wait, to gratitude, nobody's, li- nobody's listening to, you right to now. charity, to evangelization. We're going to have to do that all over again. All right, well, we'll do it again on the other side of the break. Okay. We'll be right back. So, Adam, you've never been to Rome. I know. I keep telling you, you have to drop what you're doing and go. Dude, it's on my bucket it's list. It's on the bucket list. I know, man. Look, you've got St. Peter's Basilica. You've got Assisi, which is just a day trip away. I mean, the whole faith is just right there. Around every single corner in Rome is another church that will just blow your mind. I know. So, if you're like me, you want to go to Rome, but you don't know where to begin, check out our show notes. There's a banner that says Select International Tours. Click that banner. They know how to turn your bucket list into reality. They've been doing this for over 30 years, so they know what they're doing. Check it out. That's Select International Tours. All right, welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of this, having a little skosh of Glen Scotia. We're going to talk about evangelization. We talked, we were picking it up on the other side of the break, where we're trying our best to figure out like how not to evangelize in this weird way. You get these guys who are just so 
you, you know, and I've been this guy where you just like you fall in love with Jesus, you fall in love with this church, you start learning so many things, and because you've immersed your whole life in this uh, understanding of what the church teaches, that you just want to share it with everybody. Yeah. It becomes part of your life, and you try to share it with everybody. And so, it, but it becomes very weird for people who they're not at that stage of life. Before we do like launch into this stuff, can I just give a couple of these are tips from David Niles? Oh yeah, for free. For these are free. Yeah, okay. and I give them out for freely. Um, I don't think, I think it's a mistake to try to evangelize everyone. You can't do it. You don't have, you're a finite person with finite resources. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing though that there are a couple people in your life that you feel like maybe you have a shot with anyway. You know, like just because you have a good relationship already or that maybe you just feel it's on your heart. Mm -hmm. Okay, so don't, don't try to like, oh, yep, absolutely, the, the grocery the checkout guy at the grocery store. I mean, we should always be witnessing, right? So it's like, I'm not saying, nope, sorry, bro, I can't tell you about Jesus. You're not one of my three people. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is that when it comes to like active evangelization, I think it's wise to maybe pray and, you know, hopefully you can discern who the people is that God's actually asking you to reach out to. Because, you know, if you're getting the, the guys checking out your groceries and you're like, hey, you want to come to Mass with me this weekend? It's not going to work. Because you don't have a relationship with them. You don't know that guy, right? You see what I'm saying? So um, then also you cannot evangelize someone that you're not praying for. So if you honestly feel like this is somebody that I have been called to evangelize um, in an in a active way, then you, you have to be praying for them um, every day. So you pray for them. Maybe you, you know, do, do whatever it is that you feel God is asking you to do, whether it's fast for them mm -hmm. or do whatever and even may possibly at some point you say hey i'm you know i'm praying for you i want you to come into the like if they know you want them to be catholic you've invited them mm -hmm. and he's like hey i am giving up candy until you join the church i just want you to know that mm -hmm. i freaking love candy mm -hmm. okay so please do it quickly <laughs> okay so I, I i just think don't Try to be Superman. Right. Um, and don't forget to pray for them. Right. Because that's a huge thing. I think because right, it's the Holy Spirit that converts. Yeah, it's the Holy Spirit that converts them. If, right? you, if you're, you're trying just, to, like, like, you got this coworker, right. you should be praying for him every day. Sure. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Right. I totally agree. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So I, I got to get. Yeah. So this that's, is. That's all I wanted to say. So if you're trying to be this guy, you know, the guys that, you know, there's, there's some people that they just are naturally gifted th with this. But yeah. if you're trying to be more authentically Christian, you're trying to be where it's like it's not hardcore, but you're just trying to uh, have this radiance about you, about uh, Christ's love. Joseph Pieper talks about several different things that we can do to help that. And the first thing he says is leisure. Uh, and leisure doesn't sound like would be the answer, right? But he has a book. It's called Leisure, the Basis of Culture. you got to read you it. you got to read it. Uh, leisure is essentially a non-activity. It's a form of silence. Uh, and leisure implies an attitude towards receptivity towards and willing immersion in reality. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's understanding what reality is. Right. And uh, and he actually even says the essence of leisure is not to assure that we may function smoothly, but rather to assure that we, embedded in our social function, are enabled to remain fully human. Mm -hmm. You know, so like this is not something we, that we also did an episode on leisure. Right. Right. And we'll put could the, go back and listen to. Yeah. Sure. 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 Uh, and I'll put that in their show notes. But leisure is not the same as a break. You know, like taking a break. Right. Or watching TV. Right. A break, whether it's like for an hour or three weeks, is designed to provide uh, a respite from work in anticipation of more work. Right. Okay. And uh, it finds its justification in relation to work. But leisure is something entirely different. Oh, I got excited and I, I yeah, spilled a little bit of whiskey. Okay. You know the excited. good thing about these Glen Karen glasses? They when don't you spill knock very them over, much. Yeah, they don't spill very much. And even if you knock them over all the way, they still save you some. Yes. But so leisure leisure provides this this uh, ability to, to... It's a form of silence. The ultimate yeah. leisure is, leisure is, has is a way holy of mass. ordering your life. That now you realize, I'm working so I can rest. And that right. like rest is actually like... What we, what we want to do. This is what I'm shooting for right here. In fact, uh, you know, when we say eternal rest granted to them, O Lord, it's like we're wanting to rest in our Lord. In fact, we work all our lives so that we may rest in our Lord right. in heaven. Yeah. Um, so work itself is a function of the fall. Exactly. We yes. had, we had, it was always leisure in the garden. But providing this opportunity for silence, uh, 
uh, gives uh, it yields contemplation, uh, being able to contemplate things. Contemplatio. Yes, and Saint uh, Saint Teresa of, of Av- uh, Teresa of uh, I'm sorry Saint Teresa of Avila, not yeah, Teresa of Lisieux. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Saint Teresa of Avila says uh, contemplative contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than a sharing a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with Him who we know loves us. So, I mean, in fact, uh, Joseph Pieper says uh, in here... Is that from the Interior Castle? Yes, it is. Uh, In fact, um, in here it says, uh, it has been interpreted to mean... Well, I don't want to read all that. Uh, It says uh, that to such a degree that the extent of man's happiness is only as great as his capacity for contemplation. Yeah. So, like, this joy that we have... Uh, you know the, the the joy that these these men have that like just exude like this man is a man who reads Christ's life he is a man of God uh, odds are he has a, a contemplative life because he has this uh, this opportunity to to understand who loves him and who he loves and this goes back yeah. to like what Father Cosgrove was saying like uh, adoration is is nothing but more than letting him look at us as yeah. we look at him right. You know, allowing him to radiate his love on us so that we may love him. Right. And the contemplatio leads to the meditatio, uh, which is really just that, just the gaze of love. You know, like when you are when you have a child first born, mm-hmm. and you just sit there and, and look, look at, at them. Yeah, I know. And you just love them. Mm-hmm. You just Your heart is pouring out. So the, hopefully the contemplation of God leads to this. And I don't know if I'm getting these backwards, because to me, in my mind, honestly, contemplation and meditation are kind of the same, like for me practically. But one leads to the other. You meditation con- leads you to meditate. I think meditation leads to contemplation. Yes. Yeah. So you meditate on the things of God so that you can have this contemplatio, which is just this. It's really more of a pouring out of love, which has more to do with leisure. Right. Yeah, and like it's a restful thing, right? Saint Saint Greg, in fact, so Saint Gregory the Great says the contemplative life is is to cling on with our whole mind to the love of God and our neighbor, and to desire nothing besides our Creator. Mm. I mean, it's like boom, there it is. I can, I, I, I will tell you, I cannot do that. My appetites are just. But out, the, out of whack. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, me too. But that's that's what happens, right? Is the more that you contemplate, I, I pray about it a lot, though. Like, yeah. every day, that's what I struggle with. It's not so much sin, it's my appetites. It's... Your disordered appetites. Your, exactly. You're, you're, you're wanting I things want that you things, don't... I want things that I shouldn't. Right, but see, that's the thing. is like, the more you contemplate, the more you realize what... Rea- like, you appreciate reality for what it is. Yeah. And you appreciate, like, listen, listen, the Creator made all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm completely dependent upon yeah. Him. And that's why the story of... You know, G.K. Chesterton, he was sitting he was sitting there writing, he was looking out his window, and his wife was in the living room as he was in his study, and he looks out the window and yells, uh, what, what, do you remember G.K. Chesterton's wife's name? I can't remember. No, it starts with I an don't. M, I think. Anyway, he, said, he, he calls her name and says, look, look, and he's like ecstatic. And she comes running in and goes, the grass is green. Yes. You know, and, and like the, the reality of... And she's thinking like I've made a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> a big like my father. This guy has lost it. My father told me I was making mistakes, and I didn't right. listen to him. Dang right. it! But that the rea- like learning like and understanding what reality is leads you to understand like being grateful. Right. You know, so the leisure provides the the opportunity to contemplate because it gives you this form of silence. It gives you this opportunity to do nothing but for its own end. You know, leisure is its own end. It's not something to right, um, right it, to take a break from. Exactly. It's not so you don't leash. Leash? Do you leash? Hmm. Does one leash? Leash? No, I'm just <laughs> like if one has leisure. Oh, I'm leashing. Yeah. Right now. Right. But you don't leash so to do something else. Kind of like you said. Right. You just it is for its own end. Right. Exactly. Which is why holy mass is is the ultimate leisure. Exactly. So, but that and it pr- doesn't have a purpose really. It's just like. That's what you're doing. So it provides the atmosphere to contemplate. Right. And contemplation, the more you know something for what it is, the more you appreciate what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you realize what reality is, the more you realize, the more you can love something. The more you know of something, the more you can love something. Right. right? Uh, I and lo- the more you know about something else, 
the more you come to know about yourself, because you can now more clearly see yourself in relation to that other thing, whether, right. whether it's God or uh, your spouse part, or part of creation or s- your spouse. I like, mean, you right. know, the more I came to know Haley, the more I loved Haley. Exactly. But it also has a way of advancing you in humility because you have a, a truer gaze upon your own self as right. well because you see more accurately your place and how fine like finite you are right and so this this brings up the the opportunity to be grateful which is what peeper talks about next you know so he's talking about leisure he talks about contemplation and then he talks about the uh, gratitude and we've actually done an episode i think it was one of our uh first 20 episodes talking about being grateful being a grateful man uh, and so you can go I, back and listen to I that. I don't even remember those. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, so great, you know, you know uh, gratitude is being thankful for understanding reality for what it is. Understanding that I appreciate, I'm thankful for this, for what it is, because I understand this now. Which will lead to joy. A grateful Which, man is a joyful man. Exactly. So when we, when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more about gratitude, which leads to charity. All roads lead back to charity. Caritas. And then, when you have the charity, evangelization becomes easy. Word. So, Mm. we'll be right back. You heard? Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Adam, I have a question for you. Okay. What language do they speak in Brazil? Portuguese. That is correct. We have an interview with people in Brazil. Okay, I'm going to tell the story. Okay. Adam was texting Juan and I, and I'm really glad that I was silent in this conversation. But Adam was like, hey, we have we have someone who's going to interview us in Brazil. Juan, maybe you could translate for us. And then Juan goes, I hope you know that they do not speak Spanish in Brazil. <laughs> they speak Portuguese. And I was just laughing so hard because I was like, yeah, you dummy. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, yeah, Portuguese. I <laughs> forgot about that language. Oh, forget about Portuguese. Yeah. Like, why are they hanging on to that? <laughs> Come on. Such a word Spanish. So weird. No. Okay. Uh, so, so we're talking about how, like, how to be, how to evangelize in a, uh, in an authentic way. We talked about yes, uh, yes, leisure, yes. which leads to contemplation, which leads to gratitude, because the more you know something about something, the more you can be, uh, the more you can love it. The more you know. The more you know. The more yeah. you know. Yeah, reading Rainbow. Right. Uh, and, and so, uh, in the in the Catechism, it's in in. in Twenty ninety seven. It says to adore God is to acknowledge and respect the absolute submission, the nothingness of the creature, who would not exist but for God. To adore God is to praise and exalt Him and to humble oneself, as Mary did in the Magnificat. You know, and so like again, so it goes back to understanding who you are. It's very easy in this world to to, and especially as a man, to think that you solve all problems and that you are the alpha. And the omega, the end all be all, um, and it's easy to get wrapped up in that thought process, even if you don't think you are wrapped up in that thought process. Right. Um, and so, to be able to step back and to contemplate, and to have time in prayer, leads you back to understanding how grateful you have to be as a Christian man, because God provides everything and gives you everything. You can do nothing without Him. Right. Uh, and the more that you are grateful the more you love something right the more mm-hmm. the more your wife does actions of love for you the more grateful you are for her the more you love her hopefully hopefully, hopefully. the more grateful you are yes i mean uh, that's that's it's what you're supposed that, to do yeah it should inspire gratitude in, uh, in fact so that's why it's so important to to go to adoration mm-hmm. and we've talked about this many times like if you're not taking your prayer life seriously you need to uh if you're not doing an hour of adoration a week then you're not taking your prayer life seriously and that's yeah, i mean I, I think you know if you are serious about growing in virtue and if you want to be as holy as you can then i think that you need to and, but you're not willing to commit an hour a week to adoration mm-hmm. you know obviously weeks are gonna there's gonna be stuff that comes up where you know that's gonna happen you know but if you're Don't not get willing, scrupulous if, if about you're not, it, exactly right. exactly but if you're not willing to make the commitment then i just really question it whether or not you are serious about it at all. Right, and then in the 
in the catechism, it even says, to visit the blessed sacrament is a proof of gratitude, an expression of love, and a duty of adoration towards Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, you know, that is the ultimate... We can't do anything without Christ, so in order to to spend time with Him and to have leisurely time with Him, meaning there's no end other than to, to waste time with Christ, will provide you the opportunity to not only grow in gratitude, but then grow in charity. You know, in charity is the theological virtue by which we love God above all things uh, for his own sake. You know, we talk about yeah. this on, uh, with Aquinas all the time. You know, Aquinas says, what is the, what is the definition of, of, of charity? To love the other for their sake. For their own sake. Yeah. And, you know, so uh, Aquinas on charity is, he, he talks about that it's a friendship of man for God. And that it unites us to God. It's also the virtue that will make you the most popular. And I say that, that I say that from an evangelization standpoint. If you exude charity, then you will be that person that, like we kind of talked about, Robert Dalton, our friend. You know, mm-hmm. who just then you will be that guy. You'll be the guy who's like evangelization will become so easy for you because you'll be the guy that other people say, "I want what he has." Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. that's how you that's how you take the easy street to evangelization is by being having a true charity, loving other people for their own sake. And it's that is something it's not like you can just oh I'm gonna It has to be a habit. It, it has to be something that you grind at. Mm-hmm. And it you're gonna hate it. You're gonna think charity is the worst. Because it's and hard. it will feel that way. But uh, it's because it's denying yourself, right? And it's it's like whatever it is that you w- want to do the least, that's probably what God is going to ask you to do, you know. And the the stuff that you just, like, I'm willing to go this far for this other person, which is actually you know think like that's pretty nice of me that I'd be willing to go right, that far. Right. He's going to ask you to go a lot further, right. you know. If if you decide to take this to go down this road, well, when but I, you should. And one of the times that I realized this the most is when I was reading uh, the diary of, uh, of Faustina, which I highly recommend in adoration. Yes, We're talking about adoration uh, you know, as well. And so like, if you're looking for a book to read in, in adoration is the, the diary of uh, Maria Faustina, because she talks about like, so this is a woman who loves God more than like I can comprehend and yeah. does, and wants to unite her will with God more than most people. 99% of the people. Our Lord gave her the title, the Apostle of Mercy. Right, exactly. Just to throw that one out there. Like, what What has he called you lately? Right. But but Christ showed her how far she was actually from his will. Yes. Oh, man, when I read that, I was like, great. Yeah. What am I even, why am I, like, yeah. I'm wasting my time. <laughs> yeah. But so, so I mean, so Aquinas talks about how charity is obviously the most excellent of all the virtues. Uh-huh. And he further says that it holds that the habit of charity extends to only, uh, not only to God, but to also the love of neighbor. So in order to, you know, we talk about like the reason why friendship is so important is because it prepares you for the friendship of God in the next life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it unites us kind of in the in the body of Christ. Right. So, you know, in order to, to, to love God, a lot of times we have to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And and maybe literally the person the who lives person next, who no, lives next, next door, door to you. you. Right. right. And that's what that, that's the weird thing that I think that we, we, we think this neighbor thing is so abstract. It's like, oh, some person that we'll meet someday. Right. At yeah. least that's how I think. Yeah. Like, who is my neighbor? Yeah. Like, you know, I almost feel like a Pharisee, like asking God, but who is my neighbor, Lord? Right. Because, I mean, the people who live next to me, that's too obvious. I mean, it's right. surely something more mystical. Right. Right. I mean, even even the your the neighbors next door to you have the sign out in their yard, a little yard sign that says, uh, you know, talking about life church. Right. I know. I was actually just thinking about them like, oh, man, they'd be tough. I mean, like, they're super nice. Right. But, like, uh, I couldn't do that because they already go to church. You know, they might. No, but we're called to it. But the yeah. more, but the more we grow in love of Christ. Well, you know what? I'm using my kids to sneak attack evangelize. Oh, them. dude, I do. I do that all the like, time. Uh, the importance, the importance of teaching your catechizing your kids is that they make it easier for you to evangelize. They don't, they don't know it's weird. Yeah. Okay. So like, they have a daughter who comes and plays with my daughters, and <laughs> I'll like walk outside, and their daughter will, will say, "I'll hear." One time, I heard her say, "Yeah, I don't want to play nuns anymore." 
But then, like, a week later, she's, I heard her. It's like, well, do you want to play nuns? Like, the neighbor's daughter suggested playing nuns. And I'm willing to bet she didn't know what nuns were. She's, like, seven. Right. She probably didn't know, really... She may maybe heard of nuns, but like right, my daughter, my daughters have now she knows what nuns She's are. She planted the seeds, and she could probably name some of them. You know, <laughs> right, right. But so the the more you grow in the in this charity, you know, the more you you grow in, in relationship with God, uh, it's easier to grow in you know, and it's easier to grow in relationship with with mm-hmm. other people to love other people because you're loving them only for the the love of our Lord. Right, and and there's then once you realize this. Which I'm not, you know, obviously at it, but but Peeper talks about how it, it's the fruits of charity are joy, peace, and mercy. Mm. So the more you love somebody, the more you love our our Creator, the more at peace, the more yeah. at mercy, mm-hmm. you know, the the more the more joy you have. Right. And so that joy, that peace, that mercy like just kind of exudes out of you and people recognize that there's something different about you, which goes back to, you know, first Peter three fifteen three sixteen when, it, when he talks about, you know, that defend your faith, uh, but f- for the hope that is within you, mm-hmm. you know, be willing to defend your faith with the hope that is so within you. Have you. To have, you have to have the hope first of all, right? You have to have hope before yeah. you can, because you cannot give what you do not have. Right. And so that is what makes evangelization so much easier is when you have this authentic, you know, friendship and love of our Lord, and other, and, and, and you're loving your Lord so much that you're wanting to love other people only to bring them closer to the Lord. Right. It, ex- it, it you walk into almost the room and you say like, this man, you know, reads the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. This man is a Christian man. I can tell by the way he carries himself. I can tell by the way he talks. I can tell by the way he acts. I can tell by the way he holds himself with his family. You know. Like there's just there's a difference about you, yeah. And you know uh, that is the ultimate thing as a Christian is is Christ calls us, you know, to, to go and make disciples of all nations, you know, yeah. and like that is a command that He gives us. We, yeah, His last one. The the last command that He that He gives us is is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that is a long-winded way of going back to how i was sitting at our parish a while back ago and we only had four people coming into the church with 1800 families in our parish and i realized i am not doing this it's your fault and how do we do it how do we do it better be the beans adam be the beans yeah so anyway that's that's what i wanted to talk about i highly suggest reading joseph peeper Google him. There's he is he's phenomenal. He's very Thomistic in thought, but readable and not that long. His books are short. They're essays. Yeah. We drank a little bit of Glen Scotia this evening. We're right. on the Lord's team. It's good to have you back, man. Thank you. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass and cheers to Jesus. D. Regno, on kingship to the King of Cyprus by Thomas Aquinas. To the King of Cyprus, as I was turning over in my mind what I might present to your majesty as a gift at once worthy of your royal highness and befitting my profession and office, it seemed to me a highly appropriate offering that, for a king, I should write a book on kingship, in which, so far as my ability permits, I should carefully expound, according to the authority of holy writ and the teachings of the philosophers, as well as the practices of worthy princes, both the origin of kingly government and the things which pertain to the office of a king, relying for the beginning, progress, and accomplishment of this work, on the help of him who is King of kings, Lord of lords, through whom kings rule, God, the mighty Lord, King great above all gods. Book 1, Chapter 1 what is meant by the word king? The first step in our undertaking must be to set forth what is to be understood by the term king. In all things which are ordered towards an end, wherein this or that course may be adopted, some directive principle is needed, through which the due end may be reached by the most direct route. A ship, for example, which moves in different directions according to the impulses of the changing winds would never reach its destination were it not brought to port by the skill of the pilot. Now, man has an end to which his whole life and all his actions are ordered. 
for man is an intelligent agent, and it is clearly the part of an intelligent agent to act in the view of an end. Men also adopt different methods in proceeding towards their proposed end, as the diversity of men's pursuits and actions clearly indicates. Consequently, man needs some directive principle to guide him towards his end. To be sure, the light of reason is placed by nature in every man to guide him in his acts towards his end. Wherefore, if man were intended to live alone, as many animals do, he would require no other guide to his end. Each man would be a king unto himself, under God the highest king, inasmuch as he would direct himself in his acts by the light of reason given him from on high. Yet it is natural for man, more than for any other animal, to be a social and political animal, to live in a group. This is clearly a necessity of man's nature. For all other animals, nature has prepared food, hair as a covering, teeth, horns, claws as means of defense, or at least speed and flight, while man was made without any natural provisions for these things. Instead of all these, man was endowed with reason, by the use of which he could procure all these things for himself by the work of his hands. Now one man alone is not able to procure them all for himself, for one man could not sufficiently provide for life unassisted. It is therefore natural that man should live in the society of many. Moreover, all other animals are able to discern by inborn skill what is useful and what is injurious, even as the sheep naturally regards the wolf as his enemy. Some animals also recognize by natural skill certain medicinal herbs and other things necessary for their life. Man, on the contrary, has a natural knowledge of the things which are essential for his life only in a general fashion, inasmuch as he is able to attain knowledge of the particular things necessary for human life by reasoning from natural principles. But it is not possible for one man to arrive at a knowledge of all of these things by his own individual reason. It is therefore necessary for man to live in a multitude, so that one may assist his fellows, and different men may be occupied in seeking, by their reason, to make different discoveries, one, for example, in medicine, one in this, and another in that. This point is further and most plainly evidenced by the fact that the use of speech is a prerogative proper to man. By this means, one man is able fully to express his conceptions to others. Other animals, it is true, express their feelings to one another in a general way, as a dog may express anger by barking, and other animals give vent to other feelings in various fashions. But man communicates with his kind more completely than any other animal known to be gregarious, such as the crane, the ant, or the bee. With this in mind, Solomon says, It is better that there be two than one, for they have the advantage of their company. If then it is natural for man to live in the society of many, it is necessary that there exist among men some means by which the group may be governed. For where there are many men together, and each one is looking after his own interest, the multitude would be broken up and scattered unless there were also an agency to take care of what appertains to the commonwealth. In like manner, the body of a man or any other animal would disintegrate unless there were a general ruling force within the body which watches over the common good of all members. With this in mind, Solomon says, Where there is no governor, the people shall fall. Indeed, it is reasonable that this should happen, for what is proper and what is common are not identical. Things differ by what is proper to each. They are united by what they have in common, but diversity of effects is due to diversity of causes. Consequently, there must exist something which impels toward the good of the many over and above that which impels towards the particular good of each individual. Wherefore also in all things that are ordained towards one end, one thing is found to rule the rest. Thus, in the corporeal universe, by the first body, i.e. the celestial body, the other bodies are regulated according to the order of divine providence, and all bodies are ruled by a rational creature. So too, in the individual man, the soul rules the body, and among the parts of the soul, the irascible and the concupiscible parts are ruled by reason. Likewise, among the members of a body, one, such as the heart or the head, is the principal and moves all the others. Therefore, in every multitude, there must be some governing power. Chapter 2. Different Kinds of Rule And there's just a little example of St. Thomas Aquinas on kingship 
he continues to go, not surprisingly, in depth on what a king is, what a king should be, what a king should not be, the best type of government form to rule. Uh, the whole audio is about an hour and 50 minutes long. So it's almost basically like an audio book that we're giving our patrons for free. So if you want to catch that, and we also have Cast Kanubi coming out. We just did an encyclical on uh, St. Dominic with it being his feast day this month. So uh, we'd love your support. If you have been supporting us, we continue to thank you for your support. If you have in the past, we'd love to have your support again, but thank you for all your guys' prayers. Pray for the men joining RCA this year. Pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Pray for your bishop. Pray for your parish priest. Pray for your wives, your children. And if you're wanting other men to pray with you, join us on Patreon. That's just another reason why you could join us. All the patrons get access to our private Facebook page, and we have a fast tracker. We have an Excel sheet that we keep that allows you to input your intentions, and then we all sacrifice on Friday. We uh, offer up, we abstain from meat or uh, another um, sacrifice uh, on, on that bit, on that intention. So, uh, we'd love to get your support. Visit Patreon.com/slash/TheCatholicManShow to get this recording and all other recordings that we have over, I think, 40 different recordings that we have over there. So, uh, we'd love your support. Cheers to Jesus.